some, sports in Nebraska is more like a religion. And for those devout followers, there's Church of the Corn with Zach Santi, Alex Drake, and Fitz on 1620 The Zone, 1620thezone.com and the Zone app. Church of the Corn starts now. Here are Zach, Alex, and Fitz. What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us here on Church of the Corn on 1620 The Zone, brought to you by Summit Medical and FCC Trucking. Zach here and Drake. Uh, We don't have Fitz this week, so. Once again. That's okay. He's got uh, things going on, I think. Have we officially fired him? Bye! Wow, that was quick. Um, yeah, we, we did fire him, and this is his fun way of finding out about it. So, oh well. He tries to tell us he has something he has to take care of, but he's actually gone. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> little did he know he wasn't allowed back. Yeah, we just haven't told him that one yet. Yeah. Um, you're always welcome to join in the conversation today. Four zero two nine five one sixteen twenty, or shoot us a message on uh, at Corn Church Podcast on Twitter as well. So, um. We made it, boys. It's it's football Saturday again. Could not be more happy to watch our boys in red trot out on the field today. But before we do that, let's go ahead and uh, break down some of the big stories from the last 24 hours. How about Virginia Tech? Losing to Old Dominion University. Old Dominion. That's an old, that's an old station joke. That's old Nick Bahe joke, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I can't believe it. Honestly, when I saw that they were, um, down, uh, they, they got a, uh, actually the ball went over the long snappers head on a field or a yeah field goal attempt over his head, about 30 yards. And then old dominion returned it for a touchdown right before the half. So it was one of the most insane first halves I've seen. And then to see the way the game went, that's 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 rough. Virginia Tech first year head coach this year. So, um, what uh, you think uh, Virginia Tech can pull out of the slump that they're in right now? Because they're they're uh, they're not doing great right now. Man, I don't. Know. How do you lose to Virginia Tech and and or uh, Old Dominion and? Oof, it's so weird what's happening at Virginia Tech since Frank Beamer has kind of left. Um, by the way, second time in four years. That this has happened. That they've lost to Old Dominion? Second time in four years. Yes. Not not specifically over Virginia Tech, but over a Power 5 program. Okay. Oh, Old Dominion's gotten a win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I mean, Old Dominion, they're not quite there yet. They're not quite, you know, Appalachian State taking down Michigan or anything like that. They're not, they're not to that level, but they're not that far off. I yeah. think I think Old Dominion's program is a lot stronger than we like to give it credit for. But that being said, Virginia Tech should never lose that game. No, that's why you kind of have that first game there. That's kind of your tune-up game, if you will. It doesn't mean it's always going to go according to plan, as it has not for a couple teams. I mean, let it's going to be really hard for me to say this, but do we really get a talk after two Northern Illinois losses? Well, that's kind of why I was like, it's, it's tough, but at least I think Northern I'm going to Il- eat crow on this one. And Northern Illinois is at least a, an FBS program; they're an FCS program. Old Dominion is. 
So you're you're losing to a tier down, which makes no, it worse. Northern Illinois is in the FCS. They play in the the one double A playoff. Northern Northern Illinois? Yeah. No. They're they're in the MAC. Where have I been? I don't know. Northern Illinois is in the MAC. It's Saturday, it's eight AM folks. <laughs> Cut me some slack. Um so big I mean that that's huge. Now they're not a ranked program, but they still lost to them. So it's it's gonna be embar- it's gonna be interesting, not embarrassing, to see how they bounce back from it. To see if really what that that head coach has in him, because that's hard to bounce back from, because you've got so little equity built into that program as of right now. To take that big of a hit right from the jump, he's going to have a, a heck of a rebuilding project on his hands. So good luck for him. Hope for the best, but um, yeah, it's 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 not looking great. Uh, what'd you think about uh, Serena Williams? I know you kind of seen that news uh, come across late last night, I believe, or yesterday. Yeah, you know, I was we were actually at dinner watch, watching the end of that over at uh, Fernando's on 114th. Uh, I I'm ready to move on from that story. I'll I'll leave it there. Uh, Serena, great career. Uh, I'm interested to see who kind of takes over the reins as as the next top dog. Yeah, it's um. Anytime you get to watch these phenomenal sports figures kind of end their career on, on maybe not necessarily their terms, but still going out on a high level, it, it's always great. You, you never want to see someone that was at such a high high fall to such a low low, right. and then that's where they decide to cut it off. It's almost kind of like Adrian Peterson to a degree where it's like he's doing all these things now where it's you were such a phenomenal running back, and now you're kind of venturing off on all these other things. and. I think he's 36, 37 now. Time to retire, but unfortunately, he's yeah. Had isn't some, uh, he uh, getting ready to start boxing? Uh, yeah, I thought it was uh, him versus Le'Veon Bell. I thought it was a boxing match that was coming up. Which when I <laughs> well, yeah, heard... Le'Veon Bell said he's uh, focusing on boxing. Well, that's great because the football career is not going well. Yeah, so well. he probably should have stayed in Pittsburgh. I think. Oh, you think? Well, you know, I'm just using my uh, my my high intelligence level here to say that yeah i feel you like mean he, that holdout didn't pan out for him was it what a whole year or yeah he sat out a whole year that's what i thought yeah when you're in the nfl you can't sit out a full year and expect it to go hunky-dory i remember Deshaun. i and i remember and you know what i i fell into this train of thinking after i listened to enough people who know more about it than i do i remember the conversation of this is actually good for him because he's he's going to get a year off of wear and tear no it doesn't work like that like it just doesn't yeah the the way that the body works is if you don't keep it in that constant rhythm of what it's doing it it does get rusty and that that is a thing um one more thing college football 12 teams in the college football playoffs about time ladies and gentlemen i'm i'm super excited for this i still think 12 is a weird number um but I think this probably works his way towards the two super conferences, each putting six teams in, and your one seed from each conference getting a bye. I think, I think that's where we're going with this. Yeah, because I believe it's the to have the top four conference, whatever ranking they are, which I'm guessing is probably going to end up being one through four. We'll get a bye. 
and then you've got the other eight teams playing off, which the they showed some of the games that would have been in this last year. It would have been some really, really interesting matchups. I think you one of them was Baylor, Ole Miss uh, going to play Alabama, which would have been a really interesting game. You got yeah. such a high-powered offense versus such a high-powered defense. Big 12, SEC traditionally doesn't go the Big 12's way, but I think Baylor's a, a cut above everybody else in that conference, including Oklahoma at this point. I just... I don't I don't really know what else there is that's really proven in that conference with so much turnover and transition and different things like that. I mean not not to knock on our conference either, but other than one time it really hasn't gone our way either. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess the SEC kind of does have a stranglehold on And then you have you have two Clemson runs and that's about it. Yeah, because uh, what was it? Ohio State was oh no, it wasn't that long. Ohio fourteen. Yeah, like the very first playoff, right? Yeah, that's yeah. They were they were fourteen, I believe. I mean, you had uh, Cardale Jones and Zeke running that leading that team. Man, that was great. You get third string quarterback, of course, and then yeah, since then, I mean, you've had Big Ten's been in the playoffs, but hasn't hasn't gone. Shout great. out to Shotgun Twelve. He's leading the uh, Ohio State NIL program with Urban Meyer. What? Yeah, they run the Ohio State NIL Collective. Wow. That's uh You go from, you know, talking smack to kids to dying kids in a hospital while beating the brakes off them in video games in, in Cardale Jones to national champion to uh now running an NIL. I I'm kinda shocked at that one. I mean they collectives kinda don't seem like the most clean way to pool money, I guess. But those two being at the head of it seems really dirty. Uh, uh, pretty much anything Urban gets his hands on, I feel I feel dirty about. Okay, so. Including young women in bars. Since you brought up Urban. No, no, we're not even going to go there. It's not happening. Okay, we're not well, going to go there, the next I'm going to go right? there. Huh? No, Conrad with a K. I'm so glad that you've been getting his name wrong and by calling him Conrad with a C for the entire time. So if you don't, you're the one who told me it was Conrad with a C. No, I didn't. I always knew it was a K. I just thought you made the mistake. No, you text me Conrad with a C the very first week he came on. I'll pull up the receipts. Please do. Please do. Urban Meyer, next head coach in Nebraska. You signing off on it, yes or no? No, absolutely not. Why not? You know... I'm going to get real childish. I'm not going to give you anything other than why. Why not? <laughs> okay. So I think the Zach Smith scandal was was enough for me. Uh, in this day and age with social media, defending, protecting somebody who allegedly beat his wife, protecting it from the school and everything, is just not a good look. Uh, I thought that was a nail in the coffin for him, and it seemed like he got by relatively unscathed. Well, I mean, I don't care what anybody says. Him leaving Florida and Ohio State was both of those programs pushing him into retirement, and specifically at Florida, but I guess you can throw Ohio State in because I don't think Jim Tressel is not there if he didn't get in trouble and forced out either. If you're winning national titles and in the hunt consistently and you are forced out, 
there there are some dark skeletons in that closet that even Nebraska is not ready to uphold. I mean, let's not sit here and pretend that we don't have skeletons in our closet from from the nineties and eighties. Oh yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it goes deep and nobody wants to know about it. But but they're there. You know, there it. I don't think we're ready for it. Yeah, Travis is pretty curious about them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. They they, they've done their research. You can tell. And let's let's admit it. And as long as To's on this earth, we're we're not going to get too risque with about anything. That's true. We we can't get a lot of good things in this state because of it. So let's, it's, it's no big deal. But hey, um, let's cut ties to that era. By the way, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I I think that's kind of where where we need to be at this point. We're thirty years removed, essentially from early nineties, and if you want to go, we can just say we're twenty years removed from the entire era. Um, at a certain point, yeah, you just have to say that's that's what we were. Nebraska can't keep falling back on the same. Well, we were great in the 90s. Everybody knows we were great in the 90s. We got to have something different. You got to get ahead of the curve. We haven't done that. It It's abundantly clear. We've done nothing to get ahead places. of the curve. And when we've, you know, every other program, I mean, Alabama gets a leg up on this, but every other program has, you know, just kind of, when they pump a premier athlete into the league, they... They broadcast that, and they use it in recruiting. And it's been a while since we've we've had one of those, but we didn't do it with guys like Levante David or or Indomitunk Sue at all. Yeah, the marketing opportunities were definitely missed and yeah. are still being missed. I mean, they're trying to incorporate them a little bit more, mm-hmm. but you, it's almost like there's worlds between the two sides, but kind of is what it is. I think that's the way that you really kind of get that, yeah. that pipeline going again. But Also, for the record, I'm just – I'm not a huge fan of talking about the next coach while while our coach at you know what I I refuse to have this conversation moving forward until after October 1st. Only reason I brought it up is cuz I heard it on Dan Patrick. So I I No, no, I I know why you brought it up. It's it's all over in the media. I I just I'm I, not a fan of having this conversation. We know there's not going to be a move made until at least October 2nd or October 1st when the buyout is dropped, but I don't think we make a move until we're done playing this season. So, well, I don't want to throw dirt on a on a coach before whatever happens happens. You and I, you and I have said it a hundred times. I don't care who leads that team out. I'm going to support that team regardless. I don't care who leads them out of the tunnel. So, while everybody who wants Scott Frost gone, I there's a there's a very good case for it. I I can't disagree with it. I do strongly believe last year we put a much better team on the field that just didn't result in wins. I still hope, and I kind of believe that we can still turn the season around. We're only one game in. Yeah, that's what we we can't go doom and gloom based on um, one game. There's still eleven more games to go this year. Exactly. Uh, they they could definitely turn this around, and I I definitely think they will. Starting today, a few things just get crisp and get a win. At the end of the day, that's all that matters. That's all we care about. So. We're going to take a quick break here. Uh, when we return, we are going to talk about the North Dakota game. Now back to Church of the Corn on 1620 The Zone. 
Welcome back to the Church of Corn, brought to you by FCC Trucking and Doug Basse's State Farm Insurance here on 1620 The Zone. Let's chat about the big game going on today in Lincoln, Nebraska at 2.30 p.m. Um, I'm going to start off with something that's not good, and most of this might not be good, but we're going to roll through it anyway. So, Northwestern Nebraska is in the books, obviously. Didn't go the way we expected it to, many of us, and some of us maybe did expect it to go that way, but kind of left with some questions. For about two and a half quarters, the offense was humming along, and I think last week you said it yourself. At some point, it's going to hit a dry spell where it kind of bottoms out. With what we've seen on Saturday of last week, what on a one to, one to ten scale, what's your level of concern? Ooh, okay. So I I am on record stating that I thought that was the most important game of the year. I have now moved on to Oklahoma now being the most important game of the year. I think these next two games are inexcusable losses. My level of cons- I'm at I'm at a five right now. Um, I'm not jumping off the deep end, but but I am definitely high. I, my uh, spidey senses are tingling. And here's why I'm not totally off the deep end yet, and you can tell me I'm wrong or to kick rocks or whatever, but we lost that game because defense looked terrible. Let's let's be honest. I mean, I know the way I count missed tackles is a little bit different than official stats, but uh, when I woke up Sunday after my Saturday shenanigans and started rewatching this game, I counted by the end of the second quarter – I want to say 18 missed tackles and six or seven of them were in, in a position to stop a run or a short pass at two yards or for a loss. And are you're talking kind of being in the open field, making these tackles or just in general, just in general. I mean, there is one play that I tweeted out that absolutely cannot happen. Garrett Nelson, you know, kind of breaks through, has the running back at four yards, loss misses, um, would have been a very tough tackle, right? But the greats, the greats make it. The the very good make it more often than not. And I think he has the ability to make that tackle. He just missed. But then the running back gets to the hole, and there's two to three more missed tackles right there. And, and that that is why we lost the game. That's a part of the reason the defense was so gassed because they were on the field so long because they couldn't make those tackles. Uh, and I say all of that to go back to this. Last year, week zero, that defense got dominated by Illinois. Then we had a chance at two get-right games with uh, Fordham and Buffalo. Fordham and Buffalo. We started off slow against Oklahoma. I mean, I remember watching the start of that Oklahoma game and being very worried about the defense the rest of the way. But then the rest of the way, the defense kept us in games the whole season. We lost a game at Michigan State in which that defense did not give up a first down in the second half. So I'm at five because I feel like it has been proven that if one side of the ball can improve drastically between now and Oklahoma, it is the defense. Yeah, that defense has got a lot of pieces that I just don't think played their best game on Saturday, and it showed up, unfortunately, at big moments in the game from the front to the linebackers to your safeties to your corners. I think there were big mistakes made all over the place. Now, a one blown coverage. Yeah, it, it just it took one thing to give up a touchdown that 
if, mm-hmm. you, if there was a guy in a certain area or maybe some communication where you don't have four brand new starters essentially in the mm-hmm. secondary, that play probably wouldn't happen. But kind of is what it is. As far as offensively, you know, I'm probably at about a three. And it, it's low because it's the first game of the year. We knew things were going to be rough. We've seen some really good things, though. I think the biggest problem, and it's going to the offensive line, is just getting a push. Pass blocking-wise, they're adequate, but they can't get a push. They're not even getting half a yard of uh, pushback on that on that line. So that's a problem. Your oh, you're you're running backs are getting hit in the backfield. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Uh, I thought I thought the offensive line was, you know, I, w- I was high on the offensive line in comparison to, to most of the fan base. I I thought the offensive line performed way better than our our numbers show. There there are several plays where you know our running back misses the hole or misses a cutback, or you know there's a couple. This is my guy here, right? So I hate I hate doing it, but Chancellor Brewington missed a couple of big time seal blocks that that turn a five yard run into twenty or thirty or maybe maybe even a really long touchdown. Well, something you brought up about the, the running backs, it was mm-hmm. something that Applewhite said their eyes were in the wrong place. Yep. When, when your running back coach is telling you that, to me, that's a high-level thing. It's not footwork. You can see footwork. Yeah. You can see if someone's holding the ball wrong. Mm-hmm. But if someone can see where your head is or where your eyes are, that that's a high-level running back Yeah. Coach. So while the offensive line didn't get the push that we want to see here in Nebraska, they opened up the holes to make that running game way more successful. We just we got to do a better job of executing, and I think as that happens, you'll start to see more push. Uh, Saturday, it looked like to me they were kind of letting more of the defensive line make the mistake and hope we were going to capitalize. And so, in my eyes, the offensive line did did just enough. Yeah, uh, obviously, this week and next week, you got to see that push. But I'm not as worried about the offensive line as a lot of people are going into Oklahoma just because I felt like they were significantly better than our numbers showed. We also had a lot of drop passes that are inexcusable. Yeah, that's – it just wasn't a very crisp game. Uh, one one player that did show up big, though, Trey Palmer. What would you think of his showing? Trey Palmer looked good um, minus his his drop on the opening drive. Um, he looked good. I think we got to find a way to get him a little bit more involved. He kind of disappeared for, for a while after that first drive. I felt, don't you like how Whipple did it though, where he's just got him on bubble screens and quick passes and and jet sweeps where he's able to get him the ball quickly. Yep. I'd like to, I like to see him in, um, maybe some shallow drag, shallow crosses to get him the ball full speed, turning up field. Um, my MVP of the game next to Casey Thompson on the offensive side of the ball is 100% Isaiah Garcia Castaneda. Man, he he was impressive. Looking. Four catches, 120 yards, but every, like, obviously the touchdown catch was great, and that's an NFL catch. Uh, that whole play was perfect. Uh, pocket was clean. But if I remember right, each of the other three were on scramble drills. He got robbed on a fumble. I, I firmly believe he was oh, down. Oh, 100% he got robbed. Hard hard to turn over. I get that. But, I mean, what about the one, I think it's third quarter, Casey Thompson rolling to the left sideline, looking like he wants to take off. Then he turns around and chucks it downfield. Who's there? Isaiah Garcia Castaneda. That's that scramble drill in the NFL work back to your quarterback by still getting downfield, though. Mm-hmm. So, 
I think offense is only going to get better and better. Um, I'd like to see more Mar- Marcus Washington, more Alante Brown involved than just Palmer and Garcia Castaneda. Uh, hopefully, Omar Manning will be coming back sooner than later. I don't even know if he's ready to go this week either. Yeah, I know he was still out with concussion uh, symptoms, but it looked like he was on track to come back soon yeah. from what Frost was saying. And then Vokalek is day-to-day with the ankle injury. So if they okay. can get him back, I think that's a huge addition to the um, offense. Vokalek looked outstanding on Saturday, by the way. Well, it's amazing what you what happens when you've got a quarterback that can be accurate over the middle targeting a six mm-hmm. foot five guy. Well, that and he was actually a part of the game plan. That makes a difference. Yeah, once you put that guy in there and say we got to feed him the ball, it makes a huge but difference. Here's my question, and I asked this on Twitter. Um, Chancellor Brewington, converted wide receiver, mm-hmm. tight end. Yep. Why is he not involved in the pass game when Vokalek goes down at tight end? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, it seemed like that they were pretty comfortable with him in the spring, but I, I don't know. It, I feel like the gap between one, which is where Vokalek is, Two, which is where I think Fedoni would have been if he would have been healthy. And then three and four. I think gap between one, two, three, and four are huge. They have to be. For you to not feel comfortable incorporating them in the game plan outside of that. Yeah. I I would just I, – I hope these next two weeks we see Brewington involved in the passing game because I think he's a weapon that we haven't tapped yet. I think so too. So uh, we are going to take another quick break here. This time we're going to get to the North Dakota Fighting Hawks and break them down. What's going on, children of the corn? Zach here. I'm doing our weekly read for Manscaped. Um, fabulous company. Uh, fabulous products from the Lawnmower 4.0 to the Weed Whacker, the Crop Preserver to... Those are the main things I've used. Um, the Lawnmower 4.0, absolutely fabulous. Water proof i believe as well so um definitely get yourself one uh the performance package 4.0 is what they sent over to us so um highly 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 recommended also if you use our promo code corn church you get 20 percent off as well as expedited shipping as well i think i got mine in like two days so um absolutely phenomenal plus if you get the performance package you also get a pretty badass travel bag as well as a set of boxers and i think a t-shirt as well so um highly 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 recommend them um once again 20 percent off as well as expedited shipping if you use our promo code corn church so ladies and gentlemen be sure to take advantage of it and uh enjoy the show have a good one everybody you're listening to Church of the Corn on 1620 The Zone. Welcome back to the Church of the Corn, brought to you by Rocky Stone and Design, as well as FCC Trucking. 
Let's go ahead and talk about the North Dakota team that's coming to Lincoln today. We were supposed to do it last segment, but I can't read and got my own stuff mixed up. So it's what it is. Um, Why do I leave you in charge? That's a great question. I've wondered that for months, but you guys just keep letting me do it. This is your brainchild. Um, Very true. Okay, one quick thing I'm going to say. This is an exercise in futility, right? Um, Because we, we should manhandle them in this game, you would hope. Uh, but I, I'm of the mindset at, in Lincoln right now, while they're doing their pregame stuff and they did everything this week, I don't care what North, North Dakota does. And they're definitely listening to us, right? Yeah. I, I don't care. This is a get-right game. So the only thing – like, go over the bare minimum that you have to in your scouting report. Absolute bare minimum. No general tendencies. But go out and just focus on what we do and and hone that get good at that don't you think that's a problem that nebraska's had for far too long is not focusing on what we do well mm-hmm. but what what we can do to kind of weasel around the opponent yeah absolutely i i have long felt that we are well at least on the defensive side of the ball maybe not so much on the offensive side of the ball considering we ran the same bubble screen for four years that never worked uh but, yeah, just focus on what we do and, and get good at it. And, but that's just something that we haven't done. Saturday, I mean, anybody who follows me on Twitter, you know, I was sick of watching that soft zone against Northwestern. We have the athletes, and we're going to have the athletes again this week. We should be man press coverage. And if we get beat on a press coverage once in a while, I can live with it because you're going man on man. But – we weren't getting the pressure. We should have been going man and bringing extra guys all day. Do you think the amount of soft zone coverage was based on Shenander trying to protect the secondary being new starters? I think that's part of it. Uh, but we didn't ever adjust. I, I never felt like the linebackers and the nickel got deep enough. And that's where Northwestern kind of picked us apart was – just over the linebackers, but underneath the safeties. Well, and they also never really adjusted that that uh, motion out of the backfield where you'd send the running back in motion on a straight concept where they can just kind of toss it. And, mm-hmm. hey, if nothing else, you've got two uh, wide receivers out there on the perimeter as well. Yeah. There was a lot of things that I felt were kind of strange where they didn't really adjust there. But North Dakota's quarterback, uh, Tommy Schuster, he's a third-year starter, which usually gives Nebraska some fits. Do you think he can give them fits in the passing game today? Uh, he is more of a passer than a runner, so they don't have to worry about the multidimensional threat, but he's a pretty decent passer. He's about a 60 to 65% completion. Yeah, I think so. I mean, last year Fordham's guy gave him fits on the opening drive. Why Why would this guy not be able to? Fits isn't here, guys. <laughs> Good. We kicked him out. There's a reason. <laughs> um, can we mute Conrad permanently now? <laughs> No, stop bringing him up. He's been thrown out. So with that quarterback being a, an experienced guy in Nebraska's defense, you know, last week kind of being on the mend. Do you feel like this is a get right game for them? Oh, absolutely. This I mean, one where they heat him up. Yeah. And, you know, O'Shawn Mathis didn't have a lot of pressure on the quarterback last week, but. I think that was by design. Northwestern well, neither went, did Nelson. I mean, yeah, neither but one North, Northwestern went out of their way to stay away oh, from Oh, they Oshon. chipped. They chipped him. Crazy. He still had 10 tackles. 
that's the insane thing about it was even with getting chipped by a running back, a tight end, almost every play, both DNs still made some, yeah, put some numbers up. Um, I, oof, I, what, what's your over under on sacks? What do you have to see today? I feel like against North Dakota, as far as a defense goes, I'd probably set the line at maybe two and a half. And I for our like, defense to get to three. Yeah. That that's that's your number, man. Okay. I don't want to disrespect North Dakota and and say it's going to be a cakewalk for Nebraska. I don't feel like it will be. Yeah, I, I like mean they're not have... they're not terribly far off from North Dakota State. Let's keep that in mind. No, I think it's going to be a an exercise in 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 working on the fundamentals today, which I'm fine with. Uh, I really would like to see that pass rush get tuned up. I think if you're setting at two and a half sacks, that's a pretty good day. Yeah, I I think today you have to see four. Um, now let me remind everybody that I have long been on on the uh, the bandwagon of I don't know that we see a ton more sacks as a whole this season, but we're going to see more turnovers. I think our pass rush is going to create turnovers, um, but I think today, after getting no sacks and virtually no pressure last week, yeah, you, you have to you have to see four. C four, I see what you did there. Ah, oh, that, that's that's enough. that was accidental. <laughs> Good for you. That's you should get marketing or something. I like should. C four, uh, hit me up. <laughs> so with with the starting quarterback, they like also a monster. Oh, can't do that. <laughs> Maybe should uh, go to what is it, Costco, and get your giant pack of it or Sam's Club, whatever. Um, that fridge is still full. <laughs> oh, you're good then. Uh, so they also got their number one running back and number one receiver. I want to see what Tommy Hill does against them. That's the most physical DB I feel like that's on the field. Yeah, I, I want to see Tommy. I'd, I'd love to see. I want to know what our safeties can do in man coverage. I want to know what Buford can do. Uh, I think Miles Farmer can cover. Uh, Farmer, to me, is that dude that you set up just beyond the, the linebackers on that tight end and let him do work. Honestly, I'm surprised Miles Farmer didn't kind of take over the old um, – gomes and eric hag role of being being the larger nickelback yeah that's kind of what i pictured him as i think that's where more javen wright's gonna fit but gifford man he doesn't want to give that spot up and he played no his no butt off gifford looked the best out of all of them after i went back and rewatched it but all those guys still suffered from the same problem of just not getting deep enough in that zone i don't know what it is obviously that was that was a schematical thing because everybody did it who played the nickel include including Kalarvik. Yeah, that 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 seemed to be what it is. Is it's part of the defense where okay, instead of dropping to nine, maybe you're dropping to seven, leaving a two yard gap, and maybe that's where you're getting burned at. But who are three players today for you that are maybe X factors or plays or players that have to show up big today on the defensive side of the ball or just in general? Just in general for Nebraska. Man, okay, so. I think today is a get right game for the entire running back room. Okay. Um, so I'm just going to lump running backs as one. Gant looked bad. Ramir didn't get any carries. A Jay Allen missed a couple of opportunities for big plays. Still kind of cool to see a true freshman out there again, yeah, like Irvin absolutely. last year. Love to see Gabe Irvin see the field this week too. Uh, I Today has to be a get right game for them. Uh, defensively, uh, you know, Marcus Buford, had the big hit that caused the fumble last week. I think he needs to get more involved in some playmaking. And then 
defensively, both Garrett Nelson and O'Shawn Mathis have to make plays today that they didn't make last week. Uh, I know that's definitely more than three, but that defense looks so shaky. Yeah, I think the running back room is like 14 alone, so... <laughs> Well, I, there, there's there's four to five guys I, I want to see get right in that running back room today. All right. I'm I'd a, like to see this game get out of hand and maybe we see a guy like Emmett Johnson on the field. Yeah, I, I would love to see it for the second half if possible. But I'm going to go with Teddy P. I got to see Prohaska have a good game today against, I'm going to say, inferior competition. And I want to see him dominate. Uh, I want to see Brian Buscini do what he did last week again. Show that consistency of pinning him deep. And I want to see Tommy Hill. I, I want to see him up against a, and I'm hoping he gets lined up on their number one. May might be Newsome, so maybe I could put a slash here. But I want to see that corner, who's ever that number one corner, lock down that number one receiver. I want to see him it make life difficult on that cornerback. Yeah, and I mean, I want to see, I thought Ty Robinson played an okay game last week. I don't think he got totally dominated, but I want to see those D tackles kind of keep those holes a little bit smaller. Were you shocked to hear that, Devin Drew got way more snaps that uh, a win from Alabama. No. I mean, just outpaced him by, I think Wynn had 20 snaps total. See, uh, got to get that number up. He's you, an immediate impact guy. That's you what you were planning on. You could have told me Stefan Wynn didn't play last Saturday and I would have believed you. Yeah. He didn't make too much, too much of an impact. Hopefully we see a little um, bit something differently. You know, that everybody on the defensive side of the ball today is a quote unquote X factor player, somebody we got to see play better. So I can't just pick three. Nope, I get it. It's tough. I'm I'm hoping we see an improved uh, output from them and just in general. But we are going to take another quick break here on Church of the Corn on 1620. When we return, we are going to uh, read some submissions from the audience. Church of the Corn with Zach, Alex, and Fitz on 1620 The Zone. Welcome back to the Church of the Corn here on 1620 The Zone. Brought to you by Summit Medical and FCC Trucking. Drake, I'm going to kick it to you. What you got, buddy? All right, well, first off, I want to respond to this comment in the, in the live stream. Greg says he doesn't want to see Bushini at all. That would mean we're getting stopped by North Dakota. Uh, I'm going to start by saying I do think North Dakota gets a couple of stops today, but I'm with you. I, I want to see Bushini on the field far less. Uh, I We don't have to get too much into it, but I was also kind of a fan of the onside kick. I like the aggressiveness. I'd like to see us go, it on, go for it on fourth down in the uh, – in North Dakota's side of the field. What do you think? Yeah, we're going to have to take some time and break down that onside kick here in a little bit, it looks like. Yeah, um, we can do that. All right, well, uh, let's hop into the first question <laughs> from Joshua. What kind of experience do you think we get for our backup quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers the next two games? Well, that's, I think, what these two games are made for, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. These are your depth builder games, supposedly. Um it's going to be really interesting to see what that offense comes out like for Nebraska. I think if they can come out and do what they need to do, 
And that that doesn't mean scoring every time, but that means every drive ends in a kick. And I know I said that last week as well. That's either a punt, a field goal, or an extra point. Every drive ends in that. I think you'll be fine. I do feel like your your second teamers will get in today, and I do think you'll see them the entire fourth quarter. I think I think early you might see a series or two for both Purdy and Smothers. Uh, just to kind of see how they work. Casey got ended up getting hit quite a bit late last week. Would you real quick? What did you think of the Smothers package? Uh, I would have liked to have seen it for more than one play. That's kind of what I was thinking as well. Give him give him a pass as well, or give him give him more than just one play to yeah. run that. Also, I'd I'd like to see Casey involved in some quarterback run game just to put the threat there on those reads. So that this might be the week that they kind of break that out, or even next week. Uh, I think, I think you saw second string, you know, the backup wide receivers and running backs involved last week. I mean, Jay Allen got got some carries last week. I'm still kind of shocked that that true freshman made it onto the field. I mean, he's a very talented kid, and I know Applewhite absolutely loves him because yeah. he recruited him at TCU as well. I'm just still kind of shocked that he kind of vaulted so high up the list, but. It's it's about doing the things right during practice and picking up your assignments. And as a yeah. tr- young kid, he obviously has. Yeah. So, I mean, I I think our rotation in the wide receiver room and the running back room is a lot more frequent the next couple of weeks. Uh, mainly because you don't want to let your, your Trey Palmers and your Anthony Grants take too big of a beating uh, going into that Oklahoma game. So... That rotation is just going to get get a little bit bigger. I think I think those groups already got some pretty good experience week one. Uh, quarterback is a little bit harder, obviously. Uh, what shot do you give us at beating Oklahoma? Gosh, that's a great question because I feel like so much it's it's a loaded question because I feel like so much of it depends on what we see the next two weeks. Yeah, and not just from us. We haven't even seen Oklahoma play yet. Exactly. And they, they play UTEP today, which they're a 30 and a half point favorite. So what I Is wor- UTEP more or less than North Dakota in your eyes? UTEP's way higher. Okay. Um, so the Oklahoma on paper is a very good team, but they lost a ton, including they've got a brand new coaching staff and the same thing Nebraska's got going on the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. I will put Nebraska's chances at beating Oklahoma right now today at 20%. Okay. I'm a little bit higher. I'm I'm at, you know, I'm probably at 40%. If and you give me two good games and that offense gets on track and that defense shows improvement the next two games steadily, I will probably bump up to 45. Yeah, I'm at I'm at 40% today. I I just think you know, we're going to have one more competitive game under our belt going into that than they will. And we have um, we have the home field advantage. That's an entirely new staff. We at least retained our whole defensive side of the staff minus one guy. Well, remember, historically, the biggest jump for a team is week one to week two. Yeah, no, absolutely. But, I mean, they're going to have their second game under their belt at that point where we're, we're going to have three. Uh, today I'm at 40. Depending on what I see the next two weeks, that might change or going into – you know, depending on what we see from Oklahoma the next two weeks, it could change as well. Um, yeah, and and one more thing I, that I forgot to bring up: Dylan Gabriel, the transfer from UCF, first or you know, it's his 
first time starting in, in Norman as well. Who also has worse power five numbers as a quarterback than Adrian Martinez did, which is interesting in terms of completion percentage. That is interesting because... Uh, keep in mind, far less games played. True. It's just Gabriel was, it was such a lauded um, acquisition this offseason, and people absolutely loved it for Oklahoma that... It's kind of funny when you bring those numbers up. It's like, I, oof. I was never high on him. Uh, you know, maybe maybe it's some discrimination against being a lefty. I'm not a huge fan of a left-handed quarterback because the whole offense has to has Yeah, you got to gotta shift your whole offense because now your, your best pass blocker has I got, to be your right tackle. I got tired of watching uh, Adrian get blindsided enough that I don't know if I could watch it from the other side. Well, hopefully you see it quite a bit in, in, when uh, Oklahoma <laughs> three comes weeks, to town. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'd, love, I'd love to see that. Because I believe that's O'Shawn's side that, in which they'd be coming off. Um, looks like we got a, a, one more question before we go. We're going to take a quick break here in a few minutes. But do uh, you, Yeah, do you think playing a week, the week after a game in Europe will have a big effect on NU? Uh, today, no, I don't. Just because of... You know, we scheduled this the way we did. They got back pretty early. They're they're not going to be suffering the effects of that travel. And they got to let some demons out. This is a get-right game. So if it does, I'm more worried than than I would care to be. Yeah, that the travel sucks going from Ireland back home. I've made the trip twice, and you're wrecked for a day or two, but... Ross said that they've got these guys in a pretty good rhythm right now, and they're where they need to be. So I'm willing to take them at that. Plus, at, these at are kids. Point. Like some of these guys, whether or not you want to admit it, some of these guys were up till two o'clock last night playing Xbox. Yeah, and they, they have been their whole lives. <laughs> this is how they operate. They bounce back a little bit better than a 32 year old me does. So yeah, um, we are going to take another quick break here on Church of the Corn. When we return, we're just going to jump right back in and uh, answer some more of your questions. Welcome back to the Church of the Corn, brought to you by FCC Trucking and Doug Basset State Farm Insurance here on 1620 The Zone. I am going to kick it back to Drake because we're going to jump back into the questions. All right. Uh, this question comes from Jif God Drew. Now beat Notre Dame Drew. Uh, thoughts on any other Big Ten teams you've seen before the Saturday slate of games? I tweeted out yesterday about Michigan State versus uh, Western Michigan. They were in a dog fight for about three quarters, three and a half quarters. Yeah, I think it was three and a half quarters until they pulled away at the end there. I was not <laughs> impressed by that offense at all. Defensively, though, they've got some dogs out there. Yeah, they're still solid defensively. I didn't watch any of that game. Um, a couple of the transfers from, I think it's SEC country, uh, made a big yeah. difference yesterday, especially on that edge. Um, Northwestern, obviously we watched them Saturday better than I expected, but they still didn't impress me. We were just so disappointing. What are your thoughts? Even when Northwestern wins a ton of games, do they ever impress us? That's a good point. They are literally, uh, that defense is very porous, which is not their recipe for success. 
that offense does look like they might be more explosive than I've ever seen a Fitzgerald offense. Yeah, I think it's because of that offensive line might be a lot better than we all thought they were, especially after how poorly they played last year. Mm -hmm. I think with what they've got at left tackle on with Skronsky, I think you've got a strong leader in that room. And I think that offensive line is is really just going to take steps forward, which if it does, I think Holinsky's might have a good year. And, you know, you you return a th- uh, thousand yard rusher and Evan Hole, who was second string to start the year last year. Yeah, that's a kid that I for I forgot about just because it's a Northwestern running back. But yeah, he yeah, put up a great and he a looks pretty like good you year. with short hair. Yeah, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um. And then the only other game that I've actually had the opportunity to sit down and watch was Purdue and Penn State. What Which are your thoughts wild, there? That was, it was a wild game. Uh, I'm still not sold on on Clifford. I think Clifford's going to be the downfall of that team rather than the reason they go to the next level. And in, in the preseason, I thought Clifford was always the X factor for him. I thought their offensive scheme was terrible. And I'm never sold on that offensive line with as much talent as they have there. Yeah, I don't know if I've seen a more underachieving room. Yeah, that uh, I'm I'm gonna hold reserved judgment on Penn State because they pulled one out that they probably deserve to lose. Um, yeah, I thought I thought Purdue was gonna beat them in that opening game. And, really, did. you know, per, I I was more impressed with Purdue than than I thought I should be. Um. Play calling cost them that game. You know, similar story to Nebraska over the last few years, I'd say. Penn State, offensively, that that game plan was... They, they were chunking them on the ground. And their receivers didn't really seem to be able to get open. And yet, they continued to throw the ball. I thought Clifford made some big-time throws that were dropped. I mean, I remember a third down, either early in the fourth or late in the third... He split it between three defenders, threw a receiver open. It would have had to have been a hell of a catch. It was dropped. But sometimes you need those guys to make those plays. And I, if, if you want to play in the NFL, which Penn State wide receivers all want to play in the NFL, I would assume, you got to make that catch. And there's just a few of those. But overall, I, they looked like they struggled to get open, and Clifford was running around for his life. I thought Clifford... I thought Clifford's last drive was clearly the best drive of the game for either team. Yeah, I think he was six for seven for 72 and one touchdown. Yep. And some of that stuff, those were short, easy passes because Purdue was playing off and he let the receivers make plays. But winning quarterbacks do that. um, That's part of it. I mean, if they're backing off and playing soft coverage, you're going to give up the easy completion. Yeah. So I'm, I'm down on Penn State. I thought their defense played well. Purdue's offense can put up points. Uh, defense did enough for them to win the game. But O'Connell, to me, is just so hit or miss. I mean, he is literally 50%. Yeah. Uh, if Purdue doesn't figure out how to run the ball, they're going to struggle. And that, that it doesn't seem like they care to run the ball, though. No, not at all. I mean, you had, you had a lead late, and your last two drives, I think you threw 11 passes and one run. Yeah, if you could do anything to keep a defense somewhat honest, I feel like Purdue would be a – I feel like I could lock him in for nine games. But yeah, I don't feel like I can do that because of the, the head guy in charge and, and play calling. Yeah, and I mean, here's here's the, the thing. Like, they don't just throw easy passes that are extensions. No, of the it's not game. high completion passes. So, 
when you have a lead, if you're not even taking high completion passes and you're just passing, you're playing into the defense's hands. So I I'm the offense impressed me more from Purdue than I expected to be. O'Connell played better than I expected him to be too. Uh but I their inability to close that game knocks them down a couple pegs in my eyes. Purdue to me is always that team and that can boom or bust where yep. they can beat an Ohio State but they could lose to the worst team on their schedule. 100%. Because of the style of play that they have. Yep. All right, uh, back to Joshua on Twitter. Do you think we'll have any night games this year, and which ones? I think, uh, think I'm next look, week's I'm, a night game. I'm going to look into my crystal ball, and I'm going to say next week, yeah. <laughs> um, other than that, it's tough. Maybe, maybe a Wisconsin. Well, Rutgers is going to be a night game. That's a Friday game. Yep, Rutgers. So maybe three of them. Maybe, maybe Wisconsin. Maybe Michigan. Michigan. Depending uh, on what we look like at at that time. That's true, but I could also see it getting bumped to an 11 a.m. game depending on the schedule that week. Yeah. Um, but for sure, we have two. I would love to go up to Michigan, by the way, for that game. Uh, well, you have to be here because I'm going to that game. I'm just saying I'd love to. Doesn't mean I'm going to. Well, I mean, I guess you can come and – Fitz can do the show by himself. He hasn't done live a show, show in a while. from there. Oh, yeah, they, see, there we go. Hey, now we're talking. That's what we call a remote broadcast. Live, live show from our from our Church of the Corn tailgate in Ann Arbor. Um, yeah. So i I think you're. I think Wisconsin could be a night game. That tends to be a night game. Uh, and then I think obviously you're gonna have next week in Rutgers. Uh, I'm gonna say there's a possibility of Michigan being a night game. It's either gonna be a big noon kickoff. Or not not Big Noon, that's not Big Ten, but it's going to be that 11, 11.30 time slot that the Big Ten loves, or it's going to be the night game. Yeah, I do like when they do the night game just because you get the atmosphere and different things like that. But and Michigan for, for years didn't have night games. Yeah, they, I, I think the Big Ten until a few years back didn't have night games just because of the lighting or some, some way that they had it past November, I believe. So, yeah. Uh, any other questions? Yeah, last question. Uh... Thoughts on the balloon tradition being popped? I want to bring the balloons back. You want to bring the balloons back? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm indifferent on it. Uh, it's a balloon. Give me my balloons. <laughs> okay. I, I'm just indifferent on it, you know. Do I buy the balloons? Absolutely not. Right, I've I've never released a balloon. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and pretend I have. I always wanted either, to, especially when I was a kid. When I was a kid, I wanted to. I just, you know, you're just a giant child now. So what's the difference? And that's a that's a very <laughs> fair point. I am a 32 year old man child. Uh, yeah, I just it doesn't it doesn't bother me. Is it sad to see it go? Yes, but can we come up with something else? Sure. Like winning, that'd be a good. By tradition. the way, by the way. You and I, we already said we should cut everything from the era of the 90s. We should cut ties to that. Uh, I think the balloons are even older than that. Yeah, that's been going on for quite some time. And, uh, hey, if it's another tradition that goes, it kind of is what it is. It's not one of the ones that I really care about too much. One that – one tradition that I – I'm imagining a more beautiful thing. Yeah, let's start <laughs> – Let's shoot corn out of the hot dog guns. Oh, that'd be a great idea. Yeah. Like cans of corn? No, like oh. corn on the cob. Oh, I thought we were just going to shoot cans of corn at people. I don't want to kill anybody. Not this week. 
Well, I'm just saying that. You know what? I'm not going to go on a tangent there. Never mind. I'm 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 not going to go any further with that one. Yeah, I guess you can open the can of corn and put it in there and just shoot little pieces. I think I was going to get really dark there with that can of yeah. corn idea in the cannon. You. I I did get to so kind of cool moment from spring. I did get to watch the Cam Taylor Britt shoot hot dogs out of the hot dog gun at people. Since we're talking about shooting things out of guns, I don't know. I'm just trying to make a connection here, Drake. Uh, val- valiant effort, <laughs> valiant effort. Uh, okay. So now that we're on the topic of, of traditions, if the, is there a tradition that you would like to start? Well, I mean, I said one shooting kind of... corn out of a hot dog gun. <laughs> okay. hundred percent. Every time shooting corn dogs out of a hot dog gun. There we go. Yep. Problem done. solved. Um, I mean, one I'd like to start again would be winning. Uh, text from loyal listener, my father, uh, balloons have been around at least from the sixties, maybe longer. Okay. Well, so yeah, I guess that's so Devaney. Yeah. Definitely time to cut the balloons. Well, I don't know because under Devaney they were winning. So maybe we keep the balloons, mm, but we haven't been winning with the balloons. Okay. So we go a corn dog gun. I'm, I'm down with the corn dog. Problem solved. So Conrad with a K while he's eating his corn dog in the background. I guess. And I spell corn dog with a K too. <laughs> one tradition I don't ever want to see anything done with would be the uh, the tunnel walk. That's just you can't do anything with that. I don't know if there's even a way to revamp that to a new era, but it's something that's so simple. Stick with what works. Uh here's a tradition. I'd like to go back to night games. Yeah, I don't. I'm not a big fan of these 11 a.m. kicks. It, they really ruined my Saturday when we do prop bets. Well, maybe someone shouldn't shotgun 15 beers. Okay. <laughs> it was 12? Oh, my bad for rounding up. <laughs> I thought you knew how this worked, Drake. Yeah, no, that, that betting line is closed for the rest of the season. Which, by the way, I think me and Conrad and Munson all hammered the over on that. So, I'm Well, not... yeah, I was trying to, after everybody hammered it, I was trying to set a realistic line for the rest of the season. So 10? It's closed. Ten and a half it is. We are going to take another quick break. I hated my life all the way through Wednesday this week. (laughs) We're going to take another quick break here when we return on Church of the Cone here on 1620 The Zone. Church of the Cone? Now back to Church of the Corn on 1620 The Zone. Welcome back to the Church of the Corn here on 1620 The Zone. Brought to you by Rocky Stone Design and Doug Bosa's uh, State Farm Insurance. Let's go ahead and give the folks kind of a good itinerary of some games to watch today. Uh, I think it's a really good lineup, literally starting at 11 a.m. and going to 11 p.m. if you can catch the Hawaii game. But uh, starting off at 11 a.m., a, a good Big Ten matchup. We're, we're watching a Big Ten. Uh, play. Colorado State at Michigan. It's going to be interesting to see what Harbaugh comes out with this year. I think they're going to be pretty vanilla. It's, I think it's a 30-and-a-half point, 30 point line last time I checked. So I, I like the South Dakota State Iowa game. 
Oh, that okay. Or Rutgers Boston College. Rutgers BC. That's that's an interesting one because uh, I think it's Jeff Hefley up there is is a really good head coach. It, it's got the smallest line. What's the line on that one? Seven and a half. Seven and a half. Okay. Former Husker Noah Vedral leading leading the Scarlet Knights still. Is uh are Rutgers the underdog or is Boston College the dog? Uh, Rutgers are the dog. Okay. It's in Massachusetts. I mean, not too far of a travel going from Piscataway, but oh, that's that's tough. I think I'd take BC in that one. I just with the uh, I, Notre Dame transfer, I think it was Phil. I can't pronounce his last name. That's been under Hefley the last year or so. Yeah, he's he's a pretty good quarterback. I think Boston College is kind of a interesting pick in the ACC this year. Yeah, that that's probably the eleven o'clock game I'm watching. Okay, uh, let's go to the next time slot, two thirty. I've got three different games in that time slot to flip back and forth from. Well, okay, who who do you got there? Well, because I'm going to be in Lincoln at two thirty. Uh, I will obviously be watching the North Dakota at Nebraska game. Are you going to the game? I will be at the game. Yes, I. Uh, I'm going to be there till it gets out of hand. I would say. If you're in Lincoln today, hit Zach up. Yeah, I'll be in Lincoln. So uh, shoot me a message on Twitter and Zach will be shotgunning beers with <laughs> yeah. any fans that he sees. Yeah, you have to buy them though. That's the that's the key. Zach Zach Zach's going to try and set himself his online. Uh, <laughs> I like Arizona San Diego State uh cincinnati arkansas i think is probably the best game in that time slot what about oregon at georgia 230 oh i thought i thought that was the next slot nope nope, that's at 230 so i got oregon georgia north dakota nebraska cincy and arkansas does anybody know if youtube tv has the uh the four screen option live yet or are we still stuck at two? Ooh, that's a good question if you pay still stuck at two according to conrad with a k I, I got to, uh, I'm with Cox Cable, so I've got one. Yeah, time, time for you to switch. Well. Cut the cord. Uh, good news Good news is I have multiple devices, so I, if there are more than two games on that I want to watch at once, they will be on. Uh, I do have a phone. I could use that. I guess that's two screens. That, that 230 lineup is stacked. Stacked. You got Cincinnati, Arkansas. I don't think you... Uh, Houston UTSA is a bad game. I mean that line's only four. Uh, I'm I have no interest in Miami Bethune Cookman. Houston's always an interesting team with Holgerson down there though, because he gets that offense rolling. Yeah, and UTSA is not bad either. So, uh, if I had to pick uh, an unranked team to beat a ranked team today, it'd be that game. It'd be UTSA getting Houston. What about in the next time slot? Well, oh, hold on. I I, I want to get your pick on this real quick. Okay, I, that's well. Oregon, I, Georgia. Who who do you like? Do you like Oregon to cover that sixteen and a half? I do like Oregon to cover that sixteen and a half. I think that Georgia uh, team loses a ton from last year. Uh, I think it was eleven picks on the defensive side of the ball. I may go upset here. I'm going to take Oregon in an upset. Over Georgia. Okay. I think I think Georgia loses a ton. Yeah, but they still have their national championship quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I've never been that impressed with Stetson Bennett to begin with. Well, yeah, I think I, they won that on that defense. I, I thought they're uh I I was it JT Daniels? I thought JT Daniels should have been the guy who never made sense. Yeah, and he, he just never could seem <laughs> to be healthy and then he's uh slinging it over at West Virginia now. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, which time slide did you want to go to next? Three, oh. four, four thirty-five. I was bumping to six. Okay. So yeah, I, I like that. This was going to be my. Uh, well, this could be another one where you could have an upset pick. Uh, you've got number seven Utah down in the swamp at Florida. I I I don't know if I could say this on the radio, but it's it. I think it'll be okay. Someone outside of a frat house put this sign that says Utah doesn't play a certain game from Step Brothers, Mary Kill. They just play Mary, Mary, Mary. And I laughed so hard when I seen that. And it was one of the funniest signs I've ever seen. I guess it's been up for like three days now, but it's just right across the street from the stadium. Absolutely yep. phenomenal. Um, Another game I have my eye on in that time slot is Army Coastal Carolina. Ooh, you like running the ball, huh? Because that's all you're going to get during that game. Well, Coastal, Coastal airs it out. They can air it out. They like to run it. Yeah. I, I love what Chadwell's got going on down I there. Do Him too. and uh, Grayson. And then, obviously, in that 6 o'clock time slot, if I can find a broadcast, I'm going to watch my boy Hugh Freeze in Southern Miss. Oh, yeah, old Liberty. Yep. Um, how, how, how much longer do you think he's at Liberty? Well, he just signed a long-term deal. Yeah, that doesn't With mean some big money. Big, uh, I, I don't know where Liberty found this money. I guess they are a private institution. Uh, but, yeah. Also, in this 6 o'clock time slot, South Dakota at Kansas State with former Nebraska quarterback, former uh, North Dakota State coach Chris Kleiman. That game doesn't have a spread. That's on ESPN+. Plus. I'm going to watch it. I want to see what Adrian and uh, Cade? Cade Warner look like. Yeah, and actually, reunited. and actually, the funny thing is, both are um, captains. both are captains. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's kind of cool to see from those two, you know, making the transfer and ending up as captain. So good for those two. Uh, Six thirty. That's the big game of the night. Notre Dame, Ohio State. I oof. I'm taking I'm taking Ohio State in a runaway. Unfortunately, that's well. I hate Notre Dame. I think. Ohio State beats them by 24. I I think it could get worse. I do too, and I, I hope uh, it does. I do too. I hope, uh, this, Greg comments, I hope this game is such a beating that it throws Notre Dame's season off the rails. Greg comments on two things. Uh, apparently, Zach's shotgun line is now 10 beers tonight, and Georgia's entire defense was drafted. Um, I think I thought that was right with the defense. I know they between their starters and their second team. I don't know if this is hyperbole or not, but yeah, they they uh they I, had a lot of guys go. I know they had at least I think they had 11 draft picks from the defensive side of the ball, which may not have been all starters, but that in depth, yeah, they lost a ton. Uh do you have any interest in the Louisiana Monroe game with Texas tonight? Monroe I it wasn't Texas, but they have gotten people, they've gotten a couple of big wins over the last 5 or 6 years that I can think of. Is that uh, Lafayette or no? Just Monroe. Monroe. Um, not not really. I I think for record, it's thirty eight point spread. Yeah, so. I was gonna say I think Texas should be able to. I I the only interest I really have is seeing what Quinn Ewers looks like. Yeah, because he was the one of the few quarterbacks who was ranked as a perfect prospect in in his time in in high school football, and so it'll be interesting to see what he does. A couple million dollars richer and actually throwing the ball on the field for the first time in a competitive environment. Yep. And then we go into the why throw it though? Just yeah. hand it off to Bijan Robinson. <laughs> no joke. 
Uh, 9.30 time slot. There's really only one good game there. Boise State, Oregon State. Um, Oregon State's a two-point favorite. Where, what happened to Boise? Uh, they lost. I think, I think honestly, Harskin should have never left that place. Yeah. He, he could have been the, Chris, the next Chris Peterson if he would have stayed there, but mm-hmm. Auburn came a-calling. And then, surprisingly, we do have a quality Sunday and Monday night game. You forgot the 11 p.m. kick. I have no interest in Western Kentucky in Hawaii at Hawaii. I have no interest in that game. I'm sorry. Well, it's never mind. (laughs) Go ahead. Uh, Sunday night, 630. We have Florida State LSU. Uh, I'm interested to see what LSU looks like under Brian Kelly and no Mickey Joseph. Uh, I've seen a lot of LSU fans talking talking some smack about Trey Palmer. I uh, I would just love to see them get routed and those wide receivers look like garbage. Yeah. And not not because not I just you know I've always kind of had a soft spot for LSU. You know, Bo Pelini won a national title with them as a co defensive coordinator, and you know we loved them when they had Joe Burrow. And for some of their fans to come on to Nebraska Threads and just bash a former player of theirs is you know i took it as disrespect i hope florida state mops the floor with them yeah well i, I don't think it happens but yeah, i, I, I say, hope it, they do it ain't gonna happen unfortunately uh brian kelly down there with his family i think will stomp a hole in florida state and it's not gonna be a competitive in game unfortunately and then monday night we have number four clemson at georgia tech uh that's a 23-point spread. Clemson, Clemson looks completely reloaded. Quarterback does not appear to be an issue at all. So that's where we're at. DJ Ungulele. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I want to see what they look like without Tony Elliott at OC and um, Venables, Venables at, at DC. Restocking, it's the first time I think they've really had to do that on both sides of the ball. Georgia Tech can keep this game close, closer than 23. Um, but I don't expect them to. No, I don't think so either. I think it'll be another blowout. But um, we are going to take another quick break here. When we return, we will be joined by Brian Munson from On3 for some recruiting updates. What's going on, children of the corn? Zach here. I'm doing our weekly read for Manscaped. Um, fabulous company. Uh, fabulous products from the Lawnmower 4.0 to the Weed Whacker, the Crop Preserver to... Those are the main things I've used. Um, the Lawnmower 4.0, absolutely fabulous. Water proof i believe as well so um definitely get yourself one uh the performance package 4.0 is what they sent over to us so um highly 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 recommended 
Also, if you use our promo code Corn Church, you get 20% off as well as expedited shipping as well. I think I got mine in like two days. So um, absolutely phenomenal. Plus, if you get the performance package, you also get a pretty badass travel bag as well as a set of boxers and I think a t-shirt as well. So um, highly, highly, highly recommend them. Um, Once again, 20% off as well as expedited shipping. If you use our promo code corn church. So ladies and gentlemen, be sure to take advantage of it and uh, enjoy the show. Have a good one, everybody. You're listening to church of the corn on 1620, the zone. What is going on, Church of the Corn members? Thanks for joining us here on 1620 The Zone, brought to you by Summit Medical Staffing and Doug Basse State Farm Insurance. We're going to be joined here in just a couple minutes by Brian Munson uh, from On3. Uh, you got a membership to them, don't you, or a subscription to On3? Yes. Did you see the new name? Uh, no, I missed that. Well, they just did a new name drop. I think it was September 1st was the... Admin, uh, I saw I saw all the hype for it. I just... I missed it. Yeah, no. So they they finally uh, gave it a name for the Husker Online. Husker Online. Yeah, I I don't know what was going on or what the delay on it was, but yeah, it was something fine. to do with Sean Callahan and his contract negotiations. Yeah, I thought it was something previously um, that that was going on with the whole transition of everything. But um, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Um, I'm definitely glad that they got the new name and everything like that. But I think we are joined with Brian Munson, so we'll go and bring I, him on. I have Brian. Brian. And here's his new intro. Let's hear his intro. Brian's going to appreciate this. Yeah, I got it. Okay. Oh, that's incredible. It's so bad, but I love it. It's great. <laughs> Brian, what do you think of your new open? The phone's not working on my side. You guys killed it, man. Well, that's pretty normal on our side. That's just yeah. kind of what we do. All right. Try it now. There we, are. There we go. Brian, what what do you think of that new open? You guys splattered anything with the Beastie Boys uh, introduced me, man. I'm I'm a I'm a Beastie Boys junkie, man. That's uh, that's good stuff. You know, surprisingly, that has I don't know that the fact that you're a Beastie Boy junkie has come up in all of our uh, all of our uh, shenanigans with you so far this season. But glad glad Conrad with a K did not miss that. I had no idea. Um, I've just wanted to use that part of the song for something for so long, and it's uh, I spent it's like a week. Try to figure out what I want the words to be, and I was like, you know what, this is there. Boom. <laughs> so I'm glad you like it, uh, Brian. Yeah. If, you get, if you guys have not seen the live performance of that song on Letterman, probably two words put together that you guys have never heard before. But um, David Letterman used to be a talk show. Uh, <laughs> but the, so David Letterman, Beastie Boys live performance, they kill it with that. It's just that's an unbelievable. I, I still on YouTube 
and rewatch that one. You know, I was going to respond with, is that the guy with the giant chin? But then I thought you might take it seriously. So uh, I decided <laughs> to let that one go. Hey, uh, Brian, big day. No, it's, the, it's, the guy, it's the guy with the, uh, the, the uh, kind of curly Claus, hair. Santa Claus bear. Beard. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, Brian, kind of a big day in recruiting in terms of visitors. Is there any chance that after this weekend we pick up a commitment from somebody that we haven't necessarily expected? Uh, I think that that's a bit of a stretch. I do agree with you that it's a bit of an underrated weekend, and, and I think people still kind of come into grips with not having those big, significant home game official visit weekends where we used to see seven, eight, nine guys come in you know, official visits. You've seen and had all those guys come through in June. You've got 85, 90% of the class already in the So it, it takes some adjustments here. So while, while you, you kind of take that into the context, you have to then go back and take a look and see who Nebraska's brought in because it, it was it's pretty clear that Nebraska is putting a lot of value back on junior college defensive linemen. Um, and they've got a couple coming in from Iowa Western today, uh, Ontario Thompson and Quintrail Jamison Tra- Travis, uh, Travis, excuse me. Uh, both guys basically kind of interchangeable there at that inner uh, inner defensive line spot. Um, and then you got a couple other guys that, well, obviously one that everybody knows about that I probably get questions asked about specifically for, but Malachi Coleman from Lincoln East and Ethan Thomason from Fort Collins, Rocky Mountain. So those guys are coming in with offers, and Caleb Benning will also be there. Uh, and he's having a fantastic season so far, obviously. Um, but then I, I don't know if you're going to get commitments out of those guys. You might see a new offer out the door to Jaden Riddell, who is a kind of a jumbo wide receiver slash hybrid tight end from uh, uh, Raymore Peculiar, uh, Missouri, uh, actually teammates with Jaden Doss, one of the Nebraska commitments in the 2023 class. So I, uh, I don't think I see a commit today. Maybe a new offer, but Nebraska is definitely laying some good foundation with those uh, uh, two Iowa Western defensive linemen. Hey, Brian, with uh, Jaden Riddell, the wide receiver tight end prospect that you had brought up, he's a junior um, teammate of Jaden Doss. It seems like Nebraska's rocking pretty hard on that 500-mile radius. Are there yep. any other names that we're not familiar with right now that we should be on the lookout for in that 500-mile radius? For the juniors? Uh, yeah, for the upcoming class, I would say. So I think that would be the 24 class that they're starting to hit pretty um, hard. You know, I think that a lot more of those guys are still are still coming to light. There, there was obviously Nebraska. So the big, the big thing that happened this last week was September 1st, all those 2024 guys could start hearing from schools. And I think for Nebraska, the, the biggest two right now are, are in their backyard again. And it's Caleb Benning, who I mentioned before, and Dave on home. Davon Hall and Benning both heard from Nebraska, but they heard from a plethora of other schools too. Those guys, Davon Hall to me was already a national guy. I think he's already gotten the pub. I think he's gotten the one-handed grab out there, the fulfillments out there and stuff like that. But Caleb Benning is seriously sneaking up on, you know, being a national recruit. Um, He's getting interest from Wisconsin, from Michigan, from Vanderbilt, from Stanford. And I, I think as things kind of go along and as Westside kind of goes along too, and he's, he's got an impact on both sides of the football on top of that, I think things are going to really, are, are really going to get uh, driven even higher for him. Um, he's, he's hugely an important part of that 2024 group. And Nebraska was very early to get a hold of him on nine one. 
Uh, so same with Davon Hall. Davon Hall is kind of one of those next great wide receivers, you know, from the state of Nebraska. Speed guy, great hands guy. So I, I think that those two are the two right now that I kind of circle and underline twice when it comes to the importance of what it means to the 2024 class for Nebraska. With uh, Caleb Benning being a, a guy that can kind of play both sides of the ball, do you yep. – I mean, I guess where do you see – if you have yeah, Nebraska kind of recruiting him on the defensive side of the ball or the offensive side of the ball at this time, you know, it may be too early to tell too. It, it might be a little bit too early to tell. I, I think, I think to Caleb's um, credit, he's capable of doing both. Cause I, I, I think a lot of guys, you know, especially in Nebraska, Nebraska high school football, there's, there's a need for that type of quality of player on both sides of the, the enrollment just isn't that great. You can't go that deep. So when you get a guy like Caleb who, who can play both the skill position on offense and, and then play one of those secondary guys to, to go against one of, those, one of those skill position guys on offense, um, it says a lot about him. But sometimes they just kind of double because they're the, they're the best athlete out there and they can pull it off. Caleb Benning pulls it off at a high level. High level meaning that he could be recruited to play at either spot. Um, I think I think initially this started out as, you know, Nebraska sees him as a DB uh, first. Um, are things going to kind of get loosened up a little bit, a la Kate McIntyre, a little bit later on this this uh, maybe in the spring? It's possible, but I think that that would be something that that, that obviously Nebraska would want to see some some more of. They've, they've got Davon Hall, obviously there in Omaha that they're targeting as a wide receiver prospect. Um, I think that Caleb is probably one of those team first guys too you know he probably will get this from his dad and he's probably heard enough interviews to say it but wherever a team wants to put him at on the football field you know to to get on the field the quickest and help the team out I'm sure he's going to be willing to go ahead and take an approach like that so I don't think he's going to tell you which way he would want to go and I think Nebraska is probably at least still for now looking at as a defensive back but um, he is he is certainly a guy that could play either or in college in my opinion. Hey, Brian, you talked about this a little bit this week on, on After Hours. Uh, I want to know if maybe anything has kind of changed from your initial assessment. But there was some pretty ugly stuff written in these in these message boards about Malachi Coleman uh, to the mm. point that he and his parents both had to come out and make a statement. Uh, has, do you think that has any sort of effect on how he views Nebraska or if it happens with any other program or any other players um, is that some? Is he the type of guy that that kind of affects? Um, it's it's hard to say if it's going to affect him. I I think what I think what happens there, guys, honestly, is that you, you you have a bad moment. It leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Then you have some sort of success on the football field, and then a successful visit, and you get that chance to kind of get in the room with Mickey Joseph and Scott Frost and have a have a have a talk, have a chat. And they obviously are going to tell them first words out of their mouth that the comments that are read on message boards and social media and stuff like that, those don't represent the comments of the university or that football team. Um, that's number one. Number two, my guidance to, to Malachi, and I said this kind of in uh, three and out earlier this week, uh, maybe it was even in tunnel. I can't remember that, so I'll kind of run together. I, I, I think he's been one of the most, publicly visible and approachable people out there on social media. He has got a platform. He sells his own merch. He's incredibly active. And I, I think that, 
I think obviously that uh, people are going to try to steal your thunder, thunder, try to try to step into your into your kind of wheelhouse and and give you and make you have a bad day and give you and and, and I think he needs to to block that stuff out. I think he needs to get back to what's important to him and enjoy the process. He's only going to get this one chance to do it, and 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 hopefully they're able to kind of get back to that man because he. He, he certainly needs to, to be able to enjoy this time in his life because, like I said, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And the one thing I would not only like to remind Malachi and some of these recruits, but fans as a whole is, keep in mind, On3 has a special right now. It is $1 for 12 months. That's not always Nebraska people in there, right? Yes. I think that that's a very – I don't want to sit there and say that, that, that basically that that originated. That's not the that's not the website that, that we were quoted on the on the on online on social media about. Gotcha. However, tr- critical comments can happen anywhere, whether they're premium or free. And I think you, you, there is something about the anonymity of the internet which gives people uh, a, make them, makes them a little bit more brazen and and can allow themselves to kind of do some things and say some things that'll hurt some folks and. Other people just kind of have to understand that and roll with it a little bit. Yeah, unfortunately, there's very few repercussions behind an anonymous profile on whatever website you're on. So that's unfortunate. But hopefully for him, he can enjoy the process because, like you said, it's a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for him. So him and the family, hopefully they can enjoy it. Brian, what are some of the games that you're going to be watching today on the docket? I tell you what, it really ran together very well for me today. I am going to be watching Michigan at 11. My uh, family uh, is very close to the one of the guys is a true freshman quarterback for, for Michigan, Alex Orgen. He's from Sachs. He actually started up at Rockwell High School. He's got a brother playing at Vanderbilt, too. He's an all preseason all-conference guy, uh, Anthony Orgy. Um, and then we're going to watch Nebraska, obviously. And then after of that, course. Ohio, what's that? I said, of course, Nebraska. That's the best game in that time slot, right? Yes, that's the only, yeah. and, and then at six o'clock later on that night, we're going to be watching Jackson Smith and Jigbo with the Ohio State Buckeyes. So uh, we're we're, we're going to be wearing uh, some different colors today, just because we know a couple of those kids playing today. We're really excited to get the chance to watch them. Zach and I both kind of picked Ohio State to run away in that game. What are your thoughts? You know, I, I I'm really interested to see obviously how they they kind of move forward. They they I think that they're still incredibly loaded at wide receiver despite the guys that are no longer there. I'm really excited to see Jackson kind of move into more of that role that I think we saw kind of happen with the Rose Bowl. I, I don't think anybody understands. I wish that I could take my mind transfer of what I've seen throughout my life with him in high school. You know, play with my son and 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 transfer that on to you guys because. He's probably the most amazing player I've ever seen in my life. But I, I do think Ohio State is a very interesting team. They they typically kind of they, they typically start out pretty hot because I think that they are just so incredibly talented. I don't know if it's going to be Kansas hot like they were last night against Tennessee Tech, but I think Ohio State's going to run away with it. Yeah, I, I I just there's so much talent at every position on that field and. Like you said, Jackson Smith is is an incredible, just freak athlete, I think. So I'm excited to see him out there with Stroud another year and kind of see if they can break any records this year. I think they may get close. So, Hey, Brian, one more here for you. Uh, What what changes do you expect to see from Nebraska today um, Mm. to start getting us ready for Oklahoma? Yeah, that's a – that's a toughie. Um, this this team, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I, I have a score prediction that's way in line with 
keep simple. I was, I was reading Sip's prediction this morning. I've said 35-21, and I don't think it's going to make. I don't think that that's going to make people very comfortable. And I wouldn't even be surprised to see Nebraska have to get a score late because North Dakota likes to do things that are a little unorthodox. And Nebraska needs to go out and just play some disciplined football. They need to go out there and play disciplined football, and they need they need to go up front and own the point of attack. They've got to be way more physical on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Uh, I thought Casey Thompson played incredible last weekend, except for what happened kind of in the fourth quarter on the bad tip and the interception. I, 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 I hope Nebraska can go out and establish a run. I hope that they can get some running lanes open. Uh, but the, and they have to show that they're they're better at tackling than what they were last week because there was a bunch of ankle grabbing and a bunch of arm tackles, and that's simply not going to work going forward. You know, maybe maybe you get some of that done today against North Dakota. It's certainly not going to work against Indiana or whomever else you're going to kick off against uh, with the Big Ten. So, uh, way more disciplined football and hopefully a lot more physical. Awesome. Hey, Brian, thanks very much for joining us today. Uh, enjoy the college football games for, in your full docket that you got ahead of you. Uh, we appreciate it. And if you're not already subscribed, join the On3, which is now the new Husker Online. Pretty cool that you guys got the name finally. Um, so, yeah, Brian, thanks for joining us, my man. We appreciate it. Have a great one, guys. We'll see you. Take care, Brian. Uh, when we return, we're going to go through some quick picks on the day on here at Church of the Corn. Church of the Corn with Zach, Alex, and Fitz on 1620 The Zone. Welcome back to the Church of the Corn, brought to you by Rocky Stone and Design and FCC Trucking here on 1620 The Zone. Drake, let's give these people some quick picks and make them some money. Uh, all right. I got to tell you, the way you two laugh at some of my my stories off air, wait till I start telling you guys the good ones. I, I'm I'm terrified, actually. I don't know, man. That was really good. <laughs> that one was really good. Uh, all right, Zach, let's start with you. What do you got for the day? What, what are you throwing in the collection plate? I'm going to take uh, Oregon on the money line, actually. Ooh. Uh, I've got them at plus 600 right now. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with, ooh, let me see. What's that? Oh, I'm going to take Ohio State on the, I'm going to take Ohio State on the over as well. Uh, it's 16 and a half. And then, yeah, just for a little chaos, let's pick Louisville. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to read you the, the picks that Fitz sent in. Fitz has picked Florida State, Cincinnati, and Oregon all to cover. And I like all of those, um, but I'm not going with all of them. I, too, am taking Oregon to cover. I am then going to take uh, South Dakota State to cover the 14. Or No, that changed to 10.5. I am no longer taking South Dakota State. Uh, I'm going to take Oklahoma to cover the 31 against UTEP. And then I am also taking where did it go i'm taking liberty to cover their three and a half point cover as three and a half point dogs at southern miss also one quick thing that you brought up a little bit earlier from greg was that federal is out today yep uh for rutgers which is why i didn't pick that line 
Yeah, so that's uh, I I don't know if that line's been updated or not, but just so you know, Vedral is out today, so uh, I think we got all of our picks in. I'm gonna throw in one extra. What you got? Make make them some money. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna take Florida to cover the two and a half against Utah at home. I'm actually taking Florida on the money line as a bonus pick. Ooh, I like uh, I like their I like their shot. It it's going to be interesting to see what Utah comes out with this year. You kind of know what they're going to be under Whittingham. Napier, on the other hand, you have absolutely no idea what you're going to get. Right on. So, everybody, enjoy football this weekend. Uh, thanks for joining us here on Church of the Corn. We record our podcast on Sundays. Be sure to check it out when we drop it on Mondays. Uh, for Zach, Drake, and Ghost Fitz, and Conrad, thanks for joining us, everybody. Have Conrad a good weekend. With a K.